of David, vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and my mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in your faithfulness. I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence, and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving aloud, and telling all your wondrous deeds. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house, and the place where your glory dwells. Do not sweep my soul away with sinners, nor my life with bloodthirsty men, whose hands are evil devices, and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity, redeem me, and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great assembly, I will bless the Lord. Let us, let us pray. Dear God, I thank you for giving us this time together to worship and praise you and study your word. I pray that you will open our hearts and our minds as we look at what David wrote in this psalm and what you want to teach us. Please help me to share your words in a clear and concise manner. Please show us how your loving kindness and steadfast love can help us walk in godly integrity. Amen. It is probable that David wrote this psalm when he was persecuted by Saul and his men who tried to justify their unjust rage by trying to re represent David as a very bad man and falsely accused him of many high crimes and misdemeanors. In the psalm, David is putting his own integrity on trial before God and his own conscience. We can see that the main point is that having godly integrity is very important in the Christian's life. Once again, having godly integrity is very important in the Christian's life. The dictionary defines integrity as the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness. Firstly, we will look at what godly integrity is. Secondly, we will look at some examples. And lastly, we will look at some applications. In this psalm, David demonstrates how he walks with godly integrity in three ways. The first way, he, he trusts in God's steadfast love. We can see this in verses 1 to 3. David must have had confidence in his integrity because he's asking God to vindicate him. This means he is asking God to clear him of blame and suspicion. David is confident of this because he has trusted in the Lord without wavering. So no matter what the circumstance was, David tried to trust God. He knows that no matter what other people falsely accuse him of, God knows the truth and will vindicate him. David trusts that God knows his heart and his true character. David knows that by keeping God's steadfast love in front of his eyes, he will maintain his integrity. He knows that in all his actions, the true motivation is to please God rather than men. By trusting in God's faithfulness, David knows that he will maintain his integrity. The second way is to avoid people, places, and things that will hurt his integrity. We can see this in verses four through seven. David avoided men who were liars. He did not get sucked into their lies and conspiracies. This helped him maintain his integrity before God. He also avoided hypocrites whose actions do not match their words. David knew that to maintain his integrity, he had to walk the talk. He also avoided people who plot evil against others. 
David, he, David says he will not sit with these people. This means he stayed away from places where they met. Rather than participate in their wicked talk and actions, David would proclaim wondrous deeds of God. By focusing on these deeds, it helped him avoid these wicked men and maintain his integrity. The third way is in his worship at the temple. We see this in verses 8 to 12. David takes his corporate worship very seriously. Generally, it was the priests who ceremoniously washed their hands before entering the temple, but David did this as well. He truly loves God's house as the place where God's glory dwells. He enjoyed going there and went as often as he could. He asked God to keep him away from the evil things and people that will stop him from going to the temple. He goes there out of his love for God and not because he must. He truly enjoys being there and worshiping his God with a pure heart. There are several examples of this kind of godly integrity for worship in the Bible. The book of Daniel is one. In chapter one, we see how Babylon has captured Jerusalem and King Nebuchadnezzar has taken some of the Jews into captivity in Babylon. He picked some of the young men to serve him. He chose Daniel and three of Daniel's friends to work in his personal court. The king changed their names to Babylonian ones. Daniel became Belshazzar, and his three friends became Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king wanted to give these, these Jewish men special food, but according to the Mosaic law, there were many types of foods they were forbidden to eat. Daniel and his friends did not want to violate these laws, so they asked the king to just give them water and vegetables. Another example is when the king made a gold statue of himself and commanded everyone to bow down and worship it when the horn sounded. The king said, if anyone refuses to bow down, they will, throw, they will be thrown into the fiery furnace. In the movie, The Book of Daniel, there's a powerful scene where all the people are gathered around the statue. And when the horn sounds, they all bow down. And as the camera pans through the crowd, you see three men standing tall. And it's, it's just moving. When the king finds out, he has Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego brought before him. When the, when the king asks them why they did not worship the idol, this was their response. And it's in chapters 3, verses 6 to 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from, from your hand, from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. We find out that the king did toss the three men into the furnace, but the Lord protected them, and none of them were burned. In another example, it is years later, and Daniel is serving a new king called Darius. Darius was pleased with Daniel's work that he was going to put him in charge of all the officials. This made the other officials angry, and we see in chapter 6 how they tried to get rid of Daniel. First, they tried to find fault in his work, but they couldn't find any. They knew that Daniel followed the Jewish laws, and they devised a scheme to get Daniel. They were able to trick Darius into decreeing a law that stated any person praying or petitioning any other god but Darius should be thrown into the lion's den. They knew that Daniel would never submit to this. 
So one day they were spying on Daniel and caught him praying to his God. They went and told Darius, and he had Daniel thrown into the lion's den. Once again, God protected Daniel, and he was unharmed by the lions. These men demonstrated that they would hold their godly integrity, even if it meant they would be put to death. The Bible contains many examples of this kind of godly integrity. One of my favorite characters is Joseph. His whole life story is an example of having godly integrity. I don't have time to talk about him tonight, but if you haven't already, I encourage you to read about him in Genesis chapters 37 to 50. Now we will look at several areas where we as Christians can practice godly integrity. One area in it is in our worship of God, both personal and corporate. To practice in our personal relationship with God, we need to spend time with him in prayer and studying the word. Everything we need to know about God is written in the scriptures. If we put this into perspective, as a Christian, we have access to the creator of the universe and the great I am. This should be enough, motiv- this should be enough to motivate us to pray and spend time in the word. There's a story of a young man who had just become a Christian. He decided to set up a room where he would meet with Jesus each morning. In the beginning, it was great. He was learning so much and enjoying his fellowship with Jesus. But over time, he began to get busy with life and started spending less and less time with Jesus. Eventually, he just started skipping it altogether. He would rush by the special room as he left the house. The times when he would look in the room as he rushed by, he would see Jesus sitting there waiting for him. It finally dawned on him that even though he wasn't faithful, Jesus was always there waiting for him. We also need to have godly integrity in our corporate worship. We all need to be involved in a local church. It means coming to church on Sunday and getting involved in ministry. We need to have integrity in supporting our pastors and being faithful in our financial giving for the church upkeep. There is great joy when we all come together and worship God. We also need to keep our commitments to the church body. If we agree to help out in some area of ministry, we should be sure to follow through and show up. We also need to have godly integrity in dealing with other believers in the church. We need to be willing to meet their needs. If a brother or sister tells you something in confidence, you need to have the integrity of not telling anyone about it. Gossiping can be a big problem in a church and can be harmful to other members. I remember a time when I failed to keep a commitment to another brother. At a former church, a brother and I would meet every other Saturday morning in a coffee shop to talk and encourage each other. One Saturday morning, I just didn't want to go. I had stayed up late the night before and was just too tired, so I rolled over and went back to bed. That afternoon, my friend called me and was peeved, rightly so, that I didn't show up or call him to let him know I wouldn't be there. He told me he had given up another event to be there with me. This had put a strain on our friendship, and it made me realize how important it is to keep your commitments. Another area we need to have godly integrity is in our family. As I look around the church body, there are many families, and each one is in a different stage. There are families with infants and young children, families with teenagers and young adults, families with adult children and grandchildren, and there are families that are taking care of their aged parents. 
In Ephesians, Paul sets up some guidelines for families. In chapter 5, verse 22, Paul writes, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. But Paul doesn't let husbands off the hook, off the hook because in chapter 5, 25, he writes, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And Paul goes on in verse 28, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Paul also has instructions for children in chapter 6, 1 to 2. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. But he also has instructions for parents in 6, chapter 4. In chapter 6, verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Everyone in the family has responsibilities. Fathers are to make sure the family has all the things it needs, like clothing, food, shelter. He needs to lead them and teach them the ways of the faith. He needs to have godly integrity to stay faithful to his wife and his family. Mothers need to look after their children to make sure they are kept safe and taken care of. Mothers are also responsible for teaching them the things about God. Children are to obey their parents. I realize this can be hard for kids, especially when they think their parents are being unfair. Also, children are to help with chores around the house. In families with a lot of children, the older ones should be willing to help with the younger ones to give their parents a break. The command to honor your mother and father doesn't just apply when you are a child, but it also applies when you are an adult. Back when that law was written, there was no Social Security or welfare. When their parents could no longer work, it was up to the adult children to take care of them. Those of us that are taking care of our parents know all about it. My dad passed away several years ago, and my mom had been living on her own until recently when she went into an assisted living facility. When she was on her own, I was always going over to the house to help her with something. Sometimes I would resent it because I wanted to do other things. But I remembered that commandment, and I also remembered how she had taken care of me for 18 years, so I really had no reason to complain. The last area we'll look at is having godly integrity in our community outside the church. For a Christian, it is very important to have integrity in the workplace. It may not be fair, but Christians are held to a high, a high standard. Non-Christians like to point out our failures. They just wait for a Christian to make a mistake. As Christians, we owe it to our employers to put an honest day's work. We need to show up on time and leave when our shift is over. We need to focus on our job and not waste time gossiping with coworkers. If we work with customers, we need to give them top-rated service. Also, when we have the chance, we should go above and beyond what is required of us. Paul talks, Paul talks about this in Ephesians 6, 5, and 8. He says, Bondservants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bondservants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with goodwill as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. I know Paul uses bondservant and masters, but I believe that this principle can apply to employee and employer as well. 
Another area where Christians need to have integrity is in their dealings with people outside the church. This includes our neighbors, friends, and local businesses. It is very, it is very important for us to be good Christian witness to the people in our community. We need, to, we need to deal fairly and honestly with them. We need to be honest even in little things. I remember, Tom, I went, to the gross, I went grocery shopping and I forget to take an item out of my cart. And I noticed that when I was putting my bags into the car. It was only a little thing, maybe a couple dollars. So I thought, should I just keep it? But I said no. So I went back to the store and I paid for it. And the, and the cashier was kind of amazed that someone would come back with such a little item. But it gave me the opportunity to say, you know, I'm a Christian and I just want, I just want to be honest. It just shows that we as Christians need to have godly integrity in everything we do. In conclusion, we can see how important it is to have an integrity in every area of our lives. Also, having godly integrity is not only about being moral and honest, but it's also something more. Pastor Greg read this verse earlier today, so you, you probably heard it. We see this in Hebrews 10, 35 to 39. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shriek back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. We Christians need to act with godly integrity by trusting in Jesus Christ and living by the will of the Father every day. By walking in confidence of our salvation through Jesus Christ, we can live out our lives with godly integrity. Let me just close this in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for your steadfast love and faithfulness. We know that we do not deserve it, and it's only by your grace that we have it. Please help us to live out our lives with godly integrity by keeping our eyes and hearts focused on you and trusting in your faithfulness. Amen. Thank you.